You are listening to the Divorced Christian Podcast Show with your host and teacher, Darius Good. He is the senior pastor of Bible Gospel Center and founder of Good Treasure Ministries. He is the author of the books, Unlocking Godly Wisdom and The Divorced Christian. For more information, visit the website at thedivorcedchristian.com. And now here's your host, Darius Good. Welcome to another episode of the Divorced Christian Podcast Show. My name is Darius Good. The Divorced Christian Podcast Show is a podcast show created for Christians that have experienced divorce. Uh, the information presented on this show is from a book that I'm currently writing uh, entitled The Divorced Christian. We hope to release this book at the beginning of next year, 2023. Uh, today's episode is episode 17. We're going to deal with the topic of who created divorce. Was it God or was it man? Uh, I think this is a very interesting topic as I've talked with quite a few ministers uh, regarding this topic. There are so many differences of opinion, differences of thought, um, and I've heard many uh, ministers say that God did not create divorce God created marriage, and it was man that created divorce. And so whenever I had this conversation or dialogue with others, the scripture that many of them will present would be uh, Matthew chapter 19, verse 8. Now that scripture reads, He saith unto them, talking about Jesus, Moses, because of the hardness of your hearts, suffered you to put away your wives, but from the beginning it was not so. And so the conclusion has been God instituted marriage. It was God's intention that man and woman would be together forever until the end of their days. And also that Moses was the one that instituted divorce. And so it was a man that created divorce because we live in a society now where Men won't keep their word. Women won't keep their word. So now we have this need for divorce. But this was never God's intention. It was not a part of God's original plan. And so man created divorce. And for this reason, divorce is a sin. Um, it's a sin in God's eyes. And we've built this entire doctrine around divorce. Rather than looking at this scripture with a little more thought to it, to unpack this conversation, we really need to start at the beginning of the conversation. I think too often when we read the scriptures, we pull things out of context, and sometimes uh, we lose meaning, we lose understanding, we, lo we lose so many important details, a part of the conversation um, that are, is critical to the conclusions that are drawn. So in Matthew chapter 19, if you begin at verse 3, it says that the Pharisees, number one, the Pharisees was a group that knew the law of Moses. These were not your average uh, Jews. These were men who had given themselves to studying the law of Moses. These men were experts in the law, experts of the Levitical law, um, of all the laws, the, the festivals, all these things that were required by God, established through Moses. These men were experts in these areas. And they lived a very strict life according to what was written by Moses. So this is the group that approaches Jesus. And this is in verse three. And they came to Jesus and they were tempting him. 
They asked him a question. Is it lawful for a man to put away his wife for every cause? Now, they understood the law. They knew that it was lawful for a man to put away his wife for any cause, but they present this question to Jesus. Why? Because constantly, if you read through the scriptures, not just conversations on divorce, but conversations on cleanliness, uh, working on the Sabbath, all these conversations centered around the law of Moses. Jesus never once broke the law of Moses. Go read uh, the, the, the four gospels. Every time they tempted him, every time they challenged him, not once did Jesus violate the law of Moses. So let's go through this conversation slowly. They present the question, can a man put away his wife for every cause? Understand that word, put away. This is important we understand this. Put away does not mean divorce. It's the word apolio, which means to separate. So if you got to go to concordance, the concordance always uses the correct Hebrew word. So they're asking, is it lawful for a man to separate from his wife for every cause. Verse four, Jesus answered and said unto them, have you not read that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female? So Jesus doesn't start with the concept of divorce. He starts with creation, how God made man and woman in the very beginning. He goes on to explain, verse five, and he, and he says, for this cause, shall a man leave father and mother and shall cleave to his wife and the two or the twain shall be one flesh. So now he's quoting Adam, which by the way, this was a very prophetic statement. It was a proclamation. It was a law established in regards to the institution of marriage that when a man and woman are married, the two becomes one. Now at verse five, Let's go to verse six. Wherefore, they are no longer two, but one flesh. What therefore God hath joined together, let not man put asunder. The concept of this work asunder deals with separation, not divorce. So he's saying don't allow man to separate what God has joined together. The fact that this statement was made actually implies that man has the ability to separate what God has put together. I am not saying that's God's plan, that's what God's, God desires, but in this statement made by Adam, it lets us know that man can destroy what God has put together. Now let's keep going at verse seven. They said unto him, why did Moses then command to give a writing of divorcement and to put her away? So now we're dealing with the institution of divorce. It is in two parts. So we have the putting away, as I mentioned, that is not divorce. Putting away or apolio is the separation. The writing of divorcement is actually the divorce. So for those of you that have experienced divorce, um, when you go into the court and the divorce has been granted, and you receive your document, that's the writing of divorce. At that point, you are legally divorced. So to be put away is not a divorce. That's just a separation. What, what Moses required was them to write a bill of divorce and then separate. Often we do it backwards in our day and age where we separate first and then we go through the process of the actual divorce. But either way, 
Verse 7, the question is, why did Moses put this system in place, these two steps, separation, divorce, if it was not God's plan? At verse 8, Jesus responds and says, Moses, because of the hardness of your hearts, suffered you to put away your wives, but from the beginning it was not so. So this is very interesting because people often like to quote this verse stating that Moses is the one that established divorce and not God. From the beginning, God's intention that was that man and woman would be together. The mistake with this concept, though, is Moses did not establish the concept of divorce on his own. So you can't say that it was a man, a man, or Moses, the man, that created the concept of divorce. It was actually God that gave him this concept. Now, I know many ministers disagree with this thought, but when you go to the scriptures, you're going to find the concept of divorce in Deuteronomy chapter 24, verse 1. This is the very first time we see the, the mentioning of divorce or in the, the, the language says the bill of divorce. So here we are in Deuteronomy chapter 24. In this passage, Moses is establishing the 613 laws that God gave him. God did not give Moses 10 commandments. He wrote 10 commandments on the, the tablets, on the stones, but there were 613 laws that Moses put in place. You cannot govern a nation with 10 commandments. So there's laws that are required, statutes, ordinances that are re required to be put in place for a city to run, for a nation to run. And understand the nation is made up of multiple cities. All the tribes had different areas, lots that were eventually given to them. So we're talking about the establishing of a law for a nation. And so we have laws in place in regards to marriage. Every society, every city, every um, state. When I do marriages in other states, I have to contact those cities that I'm going to and find out what their requirements are for me to do perform a wedding in that particular city. So every city has ordinances, laws in place in regards to marriage. So now... Moses establishes here in Deuteronomy chapter 24, verse 1, the laws that pertain to divorce. What everyone always miss is he also established in this verse laws that pertain to marriage. So up until this point, they got married however way they chose. And I think I went through the, the, the process where if you found a woman, one way was to ask her to marry you. If she agreed, you found two witnesses. You had to say um, she had to voice her willingness to marry you in front of the two witnesses, at which point you took her um, off to the room, into a room or whatever, and consummated the relationship, and she became your wife. Moses was now establishing a system of marriage, which is really the system we still follow today. So in Deuteronomy chapter 24, when a man hath taken a wife and married her, that is your system of marriage. To take a wife deals with being espoused or betrothed or engaged. These are the terms that we use today. That second part, and married her, deals with the actual wedding ceremony of the exchanging of the vows. And we've covered this in detail 
um, in many episodes. So please go back and listen to the previous episodes, especially episode 16, episode 15, and some of these other episodes where we covered a lot of this stuff. So now we, we have the system of marriage established by Moses for the nation. And then he talks about the system of divorce when she has found no favor in his eyes um, because of some uncleanness. Then he says, then let him write her a bill of divorcement, put it in her hand, send her out of his house. That's a polio or to put her away. So those are your two, um, the two requirements for divorce, the bill of divorce and put her away or send her away. So Deuteronomy chapter 24, verse 1 is the Mosaic establishment of marriage and of divorce. For, so for all those that have said to me, God did not establish divorce. Yeah, but the, the system of marriage that we're using was also established in the very same verse. So we can't take the first half of the verse and, says, and say, this is what God wants, this is what he desired, this is what he established but he didn't establish that second part there. So that's very strange to me. I don't know if people read this verse with that particular lens, but God did establish divorce just as he established marriage. But Jesus raised a very interesting point. He said, in the beginning, this was not the case. In the beginning, this was not God's desire. It was not God's desire for man or a woman to experience a divorce. So let's give that some thought because we always point to Adam and Eve. We don't look at the establishing of divorce here in Deuteronomy chapter 24. Let's first deal with this thought from Adam all the way up to Moses. So let's go through our list starting with Adam. After Adam, we have Seth and Seth had children and he fathered Enos. And now we can, let's jump ahead because we got Noah and, and Shem and Ham and the three boys that survived the flood. And then we have Abraham and Isaac, Jacob, the 12 sons of Jacob, the tribes. And then we have 400 years or 430 years of slavery. And then Moses comes on the scene. So at this stage, there are thousands of years of people on the earth. And not once did God establish divorce until we get to Moses. So from Adam to Moses, there is no divorce, which has to raise the question, what transpired for God to now say it's important that this system be put in place, a system of marriage and a system of divorce. The problem is the nature of man. So let's go to the beginning as Jesus explained. In the beginning, it was not so. When God established marriage, we have Adam and Eve. And of course, the scripture refers to Eve as Adam's wife. So we have this first couple joined together in marriage. When they were first brought together, they lived in a world void of sin. 
the one tree that Adam was explained by God, commanded by God not to, to eat from, was the tree of good and evil. That means that Adam did not understand the concept of evil. That means that Eve was not created in a world that understood evil. So this would mean that every evil concept that you can think of would be a foreign concept to them. You can try to explain it to them all you want, but it is so far from their ability to comprehend because they did not understand the knowledge of evil. What would be associated with things that come out of the realm of darkness? So things like forgiveness. Adam wouldn't understand the concept of forgiveness. Um, even being hurt, emotional pain. Adam wouldn't know what that is. To be resentful, to be angry. How about disappointment? frustrations, anxiety. Adam has no idea what these concepts are. He didn't, not, he didn't live in that sort of world. Adam did not experience physical pain. He lived in a perfect world, void of any association, any concepts that come out of the realm of darkness, out of the kingdom of darkness, Adam had no idea what that was. Even to say, I'm sorry. Eve probably never said the words, I'm sorry, to Adam. We're going to go into this concept in a little more detail in an upcoming episode. But I need to present this concept so you can understand the world in which marriage was established and created. What changed everything it was when sin came into the world. And so just to, to kind of give you a foresight of where we're headed, the minute that Adam ate from the fruit, the first thing he does now is blame Eve. The woman you gave me, God, is the blame shifting. No accountability. These are the, some of the concepts that began to flood his heart, flood his mind as a result of eating from the fruit of knowledge of good and evil. So now at this point, ideas and concepts like lying, backbiting, manipulation, all these things now becomes a part of his awareness. Not just Adam, I'm talking about man, because we're all born in sin. We are all born with the knowledge of good and evil. And if you just give it a few minutes to think about it, all the good that we do for one another, to say I love you, to say I care about you, most of our concept of good, I bought you a gift, all these concepts are built off of the concept of evil. I don't know if we are inherently good. We understand evil. We understand ignoring somebody. We understand hurting somebody's feelings. We understand revenge and wanting them to feel all the pain that I feel. Adam was not exposed to this world. So in the beginning, no, it was not so. Man and woman could live together forever, not um, literally forever, because there was no intention of death. Adam lived in a incorruptible world. The moment he bit into that fruit, 
Adam died. He didn't die a physical death. He died a spiritual death. He was cut off from God. It also introduced death into the world. Sin and through sin, death entered into the world. So now that which was originally built to be incorruptible, never experienced tarnish, decay, at this stage now begins to experience time. It begins to experience death. So now where man should have been able to keep his word, all men are liars. All men are deceitful. I'm talking about men and women. It's just the nature of humanity as a result of being birthed in sin. But yet God did not establish divorce until Moses. Man was given the ability to marry, to now birth children. And we do see the system of marriage very early on, as we went through this in detail with Abraham, as he arranged for Isaac to be married, uh, the, the arrangement of Jacob to marry Leah and Rachel. Uh, we see the, them as they're coming together, discussing marriage, as they're putting dowries and things in place. So we already see the establishing of the dowry, of the man saying, my daughter needs money. She needs to be able to financially take care of herself in case something happens to the husband. That dowry was to be given to the groom, and he's supposed to hold on to it for two reasons, in case of a divorce or in case of the death of the husband. That money reverts to the wife, and she could be financially taken care of. So this helps us understand that between Adam and Moses, man had, was given the responsibility of making sure that woman was taken care of. Even if things don't work out between me and you, this money here is to make sure that you're taken care of. So the establishing of the divorcement, now the legal process of divorce was established because man would not honor his word. I'm not talking about the marriage portion. I'm talking about when things don't work out, I've given you my word that you will receive whatever your dad gave me for you. This is what God had an issue with. God did not like the fact that men were simply throwing women out of the house. You can't just let her go. You can't just send her out of your home. You can't no longer just put her away. At this point, you need legal documentation to separate. But the legal documentation of divorce has to be built on your legal documentation for marriage. So all that is right there in Deuteronomy 24, verse 1. If you take a wife and marry her, the marriage was a legal marriage contract that wrote everything out. The divorcement, the agreement in case of uh, a divorce, the amount of money she should receive from the groom. It had the, the amount in dollar. Well, I say dollar but it's really in silver in regards to the dowry. They had all the property that the woman was owed um, or that she owned because they, they came into the marriage with wealth. We're talking about two, three, four, five, six, seven generations of wealth being passed on to these children from generation to generation. So these aren't poor people getting married. They're coming in with large amounts of wealth and this stuff had to be documented. 
And when men, men, the, the husbands throw their wives out and now she loses the inheritance, God is not pleased. This whole conversation is about finances, is about inheritance, it's about the blessings of Abraham. I find it interesting. We have so many sermons on the topic of blessing, on favor, on the blessings of Abraham, which is the system to obtain wealth or the system of prosperity, which really means to be on the right path. And if I'm pursuing God and he is blessing me and blessing my name and blessing my house, and I'm, I'm obtaining things as a result of God's hand upon my life, God purposed that that is to be passed on to the next generation. We have all these sermons about being a good steward, and yet we don't think about the concept of a husband coming in and taking that which the woman is to be steward over. As, his, as this woman's husband, he's supposed to watch over, care, protect her, and what he's doing is if things don't work out, he throws her out of the house and he maintains the inheritance that was allotted her. And you think God was pleased with that idea of watching all these women being taken advantage of. Let's understand the concept of marriage. What, how does God see the concept of marriage? He sees it through Christ and the church. So if the woman is the church, imagine the church being taken advantage of. So we say things like, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, and God's gonna avenge us. He is our judge, he is our protector. And so how did he protect these women? He protected them by putting in the system of divorce. We're gonna examine this concept over the course of the next couple weeks of God creating the system of divorce. Understand, I am not promoting divorce at all. There's no promotion of divorce at all, I promote marriage. But we need to understand this system because it goes way beyond marriage. And so we're gonna explore this in the next few weeks. Be blessed, thank you for joining us. Visit the website, thedivorcechristian.com. You've been listening to the Divorced Christian Podcast Show with your host, Darius Good. This was a Good Treasure Ministries production. Darius is the senior pastor of Bible Gospel Center, and he is the author of the book, The Divorced Christian. To learn more about this book and other books written by Darius, or to listen to other episodes of our podcast show, visit our website today at thedivorcedchristian.com. We pray that today's episode has brought revelation, understanding, and healing. Please like, share, and subscribe to our podcast show. And until next time, be blessed.